Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna, and today we are here with Miss Kelly Monroe. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Awesome. My pleasure. Uh, you know, what we didn't talk about before we started filming, uh, recording here, if you would, was where you're located. I'm in Florida, and I would say, like, it's hot, it's humid, because it's Florida. That's how it works here. Um, so where are you right now? I'm in New York City, and it's hot and humid. I don't know what is going on, but it's November here, and we're all like, is the world coming to an end? It's 80 degrees outside. What's happening? Uh, what they used to call the Indian summers up there. Yeah. yeah. This is true. This is true. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, so, I'm soaking it in because I know it's going to drastically shift and then we're all going to be complaining about how cold it is. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, at least you still have the change of seasons. That's the only thing I will say, being a Northeastern girl and moving to the South that I, I have missed. Um, I've missed like the real changing the leaves. I mean, it does change down here differently, but yeah, it's not nothing like, you know, the brilliant colors and the, yeah, no. It's very, it's very fun. I think it's what makes New York so special is the the true change of seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'd love to start off with a very difficult question. Okay. Tell us, who is Kelly Monroe? Oh, wow. Um, Kelly Monroe is a... She is a fierce rebel energy country music artist that started writing during the pandemic. Um, Very new persona as far as like self-identity and coming into my womanhood and really understanding like who I am now. It's kind of Kelly Monroe has been like the pinnacle kind of um, like goddess energy of myself of like coming out. as a really triumphant, confident woman through all of my hardship and pain and failure and everything else. So yeah, I think she's, um, she's got a lot to say (laughs) (laughs) and we're just getting started with Kelly Monroe. It's really fun. I really feel this is the first time in my life through music because you know, I have a background in TV and film. So through this channel of music as an artist, I feel um, a really a renewed energy and spirit of just like not only self-reflection, but just really speaking my authentic truth and like sharing it with the world. And that feels really, really good. So that's beautiful. Yeah. I always, love, I always like like making people describe who they are. And that that's just, you know, it's like a bad job interview sometimes, you know. <laughs> 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 They're like, who oh, am I? And they have like an identity crisis yeah. on screen. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited I can even answer that on a whim because like before, oh. I think up until my it being, you know, going into my late 30s now, like I don't think I could have properly answered that. So it's kind of fun to be able to answer that so quickly and so confidently. Like that feels really good. <laughs> Absolutely. I think so. I think that's one thing about, you know, um, I was so gracefully aging because we're around the same age. I'm a little bit older, but 
you know, you just, it's just a different thing from when you're young and you're like, oh, I'm just this and this. And you just, you know, the things that you attribute to think of who you are. And you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe not, you know? And now you're like, yes, this is who I am. This is me. I am just myself. And yeah. Unapologetically. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it's interesting as an artist too, because you're like, you know, you put art out, right? We, we create something, you put it out. And I was actually just talking the other day about how like once, once you express yourself in some form of art, it's really no longer yours. It doesn't belong to you anymore. So it's really a heady kind of game because you're so attached to it, but it's just like birthing a child. It's like, once you have that baby, they're there, they become their own entity. And it's like, you can only love them from afar and hope people embrace that child and love that child. But at the end of the day, people's reflection is really of themselves within your art. And so you can't take anything personally. So it's this whole other, it's like, not only do I have to like love myself and show up for myself and support myself and be creative and all these things. But then on top of that, you have to love yourself enough to not take anything personally because yeah. it's not really about you anymore. It's like, I've just learned so many lessons this year around that. It's been crazy. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny that you said that. Cause like, you know, I always joke and say I might be biased because I do, I love a lot of music, but you know, when I talk to people and I say how much I love their music, you know, and I say, I might be biased, you know, my opinion. Yeah. You know? So it's exactly that. Yeah. Right. Right. And the, and the truth is, is like, you might love my music and it may trigger something in mm -hmm. somebody else from their childhood or from an experience they had yeah. where they just hear my words or my, you know, the lyrics or my voice. And they're like, I don't like her, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, had I not had that same exact, like, had I had that same exact childhood experience or whatever conditioned Maybe. you to think yeah. that way, I wouldn't like my music either. So that's mm -hmm. why it's so, it's so subjective. Like art is so subjective and it's so weird to think of it like that because we all mm -hmm. want to be liked and loved, but you're like, not everyone's going to like my stuff and that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's so weird. Yeah, it is. And I think more people need to be objective and, and just open. Like, I think that's, that's right. it. Be receptive to, Okay. Not, and, and this is where it goes even to politics. Like, you know, okay, I may not agree with your opinion. I'll hear it out, but I still may not agree with it. You can tell me you're wise and, and whatever, and we can just respectfully you know, agree to disagree or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's just kind of that openness is a huge part of, of everything in general, especially with art. It's so true. It's so true. I think being open, I was actually just talking about this this morning um, with with my partner, we were talking about how, like, when you're in an expansive state, which means you're calm, you're steady, you're open, you're willing, you're able. I feel like all this magical shit happens, right? And when you're, like, I've been functioning at this kind of day in and day out job that I've been doing full time in the midst of making music. And it's like, you stay in a very constrictive state. And just like the listener of music, it's like, if you're already going into it, like in a constrictive, restricted state of like, I don't want to hear, I'm not open. You don't catch any of the magic. But when you go into, like I was talking, we were talking about this morning. It's like every magical thing that's happened in my life, like any blessing, anything that's just been like, wow. It always has caught me like off guard, you know, like comes from the right to the left and you're looking this way. Or when I'm in a very joyful state or I'm super happy or calm, it always happens. And then when I'm like 
hitting my head against the wall and fighting and grinding every day. It's like nothing ever happens. And it's just, it's the same way I would assume with a listener, at least, at least me with music. It's like, when I'm just like chill, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm kind of vibing this. I'm open. I'm like, then you always hear something magical in it. Isn't that funny yeah. how that always happens? It's like, yeah, yeah. It just depends Absolutely. what energy state you're in for sure. Absolutely. So let's start by talking about some of the women that have influenced you in music. Uh, or even the guys. We like to try to bring up a few women, though. Um, so tell me, yeah. who are some of the people that have influenced you musically? So I had a really cool childhood. Um, my dad was super into music. So, of course, he was, like, blasting Tears for Fears yeah. and, like, all the 80s bands that you can imagine, you know? So I got an infusion of, like, Bono and Tears for Fears and Eric Clapton and all the greats. I mean, everyone from, like... Um, Frank Sinatra, my dad used to listen to all the time. So I had that male influx of like 70s, 80s music um, of all different genres. And uh, like Perry Como, like listening to jazz growing up, like, again, every kind of music that you can possibly imagine. And then, of course, growing up, it was like Dolly Parton has always been this like iconic woman to me because I always heard her story and it was always like, her humility and the way that she bleeds authenticity, but also kind of this like fairy godmother energy where you just, <laughs> you can't not like her because she's just so fucking real. I mean, she's just yeah, the real. And she's always politically correct. It's like her composure and her ability, her continuity of composure is like, I I, I I give her an Oscar for it. I've never seen anything like it. And I've always, and just her music is so moving, everything. But her as a person, I've always really looked at and said, I want to, she's somebody that I want to, she's kind of like the Meryl Streep of music to me. It's like, I want to be, I want to be like you. Um, and of course, Shania Twain growing up, like she kind of changed the face of country music, but she was always very sexy. But I never looked at her and said, oh, you could, you could like disrespect her as far as like being a sexy woman, it was never like that. It was always like, oh, she's sexy. And she is like fought for her right to be here. And she's like a badass bitch. Like that woman knows exactly what she wants and she's writing about it. Mm -hmm. And I always loved her partnership with her, um, with her partner. I always forget his name. Um, I just watched actually her documentary as well, but they had this like love romance and it's just kind of a good reminder that, you know, you can have, it takes a team to like really make magic. And a lot of the times I think we're taught as artists, or at least in my own mind, it's like, you got to write and you got to do everything on your own and you got to find a producer and you got to create. But like, the truth is, is like, you can collaborate with so many amazing mm -hmm. artists now that like the possibilities are endless. So she was an expander for me, I call it somebody that really opened up what I think is possible and what I now know is possible. Um, I mean, Bonnie Raitt's voice growing up was like, I mean, Bonnie Raitt is just, I could, the, the list goes on. I could, if, how much time do I have? I mean, there's so many, so many women that inspired me. Um, Aretha Franklin, lastly, Aretha Franklin, you know, always has always touched my soul. And even like TLC growing up, it was like these three badass chicks that like speaking of also the chicks now dixie chicks so badass mm -hmm. but tlc particularly because they just always kind of showed me their lyrics were like we may not have grown up the same way 
and we may have come from different parts of society or the world, but like their lyrics always hit me so hard that I just felt like they were like sisters to me. Yeah. It was like, so universal. That was like mm-hmm. so universal, but mm-hmm. also like I felt their culture and where they came from mm-hmm. and it made me feel inclusion. And mm-hmm. I always felt very included to TLC and I always loved that about them. Yes. So I don't know. The list goes on. Those, Those are, are all great. Though. I mean, yeah, we could we probably could sit here all day and talk. I guarantee that. All day. Yeah. All day. And I, we were just talking about Dolly in the last uh, interview I did. And I was saying, you know, we're talking about how, like, even attire-wise, I'm like, yeah, I wish I could just call her and be like, hey, what should I wear? I have this event to go to. Pick something out for me and I'll wear it. Whatever you say. Oh, my like, God. I know. You know, and like. It's like the, yes. Like, the <laughs> days that you just want to cry or, like, life gets too hard, I'm like, I just want to call Dolly right now and ask her what she would think, you know? She's just yeah. that. She's a beautiful soul. Really beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I still want to grow up to be her one day. I mean, you know, I, I know I can, we all do close to, you know, that awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. And awesome. I, I think, I think the the main takeaway about Dolly is like, which we can all do and practice in our daily lives is just really being super authentic and like also sweet, like, yes, kind. like the power, kind. the power of being kind and sweet mm-hmm. and gentle is like, it's really kind of everything now. And I've noticed like when I've been given the opportunity to either be reactive or be really kind and sweet, and I choose that path, it always works out very well for me. And I think she's just, she just is the epitome of sweetness and kindness, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So on that note, let's trail over to your debut album. Yes. Scars of Venus. Yeah. So excited. It's it's doing really great on, on uh, all the streaming platforms. I'm really excited. Yeah, and you started writing this during COVID. And I, and I point that out because, you know, there were a lot of people that all of a sudden were like, boom, they started writing during COVID. Or they started, like, people that didn't play an instrument started playing an instrument or whatever it took to kind of continue with their craft and things like that. So, so tell us a little bit about the process behind the scenes and how it came about. Yeah, so I, pandemic hit, everything shut down. And, you know, my history, my, my background is in TV and film. And, you know, of course, my TV and film name is Kelly Dowdle. And I had done a few great things and, you know, made my way into especially TV and things were going really well. Of course, everything shuts down. So your whole identity and persona of who you think you are, it just stops. So um, my brother growing up was a really incredible artist, uh, musician, mm-hmm. plays several instruments and an incredible voice. And he was signed with Sony and had all the, you know, so I never explored music. It was never my lane that I got to kind of dabble in. And I think when the pandemic hit, I was single and alone. And I spent a lot of time kind of in that grieving process mm-hmm. of like, holy shit, like, is this going to be my life? Like I'm by myself and I'm depressed and like, I don't even have a pet. I don't even have anything. (laughs) And I think like doomsday hit. And through that, you just kind of wake up and go, what am I doing? Uh Like, if I don't have it now, what can I start to do to create what I actually want? And Mm -hmm. for me, I just started writing and I had all these journals um, from my past. I've always been a writer. I used to wake up every morning and write for 15 minutes. And I had a guitar in my apartment that my brother had given me a long time ago. And one night I was just like, 
just going to pick this bitch up and start playing it. And I don't even know what I'm doing, but of course, online, you can find all the classes and do all the things. So I kind of just started strumming and I would literally flip the page and like read my poetry, read what I wrote on the paper. And I started getting really intrigued. And I was like, I think I can write songs. So cut, cut to two years later, um, I put out a 12 track collection of songs that are super special to me. Um, I wrote all of them. Um, well, co-wrote most of them co-wrote, but all of the songs were written handwritten by me from the very beginning. And what's really cool about it is I found this, uh, really badass producer named Sinclair. And it was really important that I worked with a woman mm-hmm. and I found her in Nashville through a friend and everything kind of synchronized. Like it was like, perfect synchronicity. Um, the minute the bar lifted, I flew to Nashville. I worked with, I don't know if you know the group Lone Star. Um, they sing like amaze and yeah, they're great. So Dean, I was in a music video for them like years ago and I called him up during COVID and I said, Hey, I know this sounds weird, but I really want to explore music. And, um, I think I'm going to come to Nashville. So can we like do a co-write or something? I don't even know what these things are called, but I think it's called a co-write. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, get your ass here whenever. So I kid you not. I mean, it was probably not even a month and a half after that first experience with the journal. I flew to Nashville. And to be honest with you, I made my own look. I mm-hmm. booked my own flight. I made the calls and I just dropped in. And a lot of people are like, you're fucking crazy. I would never do that. That's crazy. And I just did it because I just felt like I kind of have nothing to lose. And especially during COVID, I think you just get to a point where you're like, I just want to roll the dice, you know, like Mm -hmm. what's the worst thing that can happen? I end back up in my apartment alone with no pet, with no significant other with it's like, you can only go up from here because I had kind of this revelation. So long story short, I ended up, uh, cutting that first EP with, you know, wide open and not, if you stay really important songs yeah. um, with Dean and then went out on a girl's night one night in Nashville and met Sinclair and her partner. And it's just been such a ride and such an experience. Um, and I'm really proud of this album because it's, it's, everyone was like, why would you put a whole album out? You're not Beyonce. You're not Taylor Swift, like 12 songs. You're kind of wasting on one CD on one track on one, I mean, on one album. And I was like, no, this is for me. Like, this is super important for me because every song from start to finish, the album tells a story. Yeah. And I just had to like, it was almost like word vomit. It's like, you just have to get everything out. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't withhold one song without the other one being appreciated. And so I was like, this just has to be a full length album. Like, Mm -hmm. I also think there's kind of a little bit of like, sweat equity rights like it's kind of like you got to put in the work and I'm like okay I've done a whole album so now I can now I can at least I can bat I can like go up and like swing the bat I may miss but like I'm in the game and that's all that really matters now and I feel like I've put in the I put in the initial work to at least get here so I can write a song really fast I'm real excited about that because I have already so many ideas and so many songs I want to do Um, but it's all been really playful and really fun and long story short to kind of recap it all. I, I came up with the name Kelly Monroe because, um, that was just a a really strong name that dropped in for me. Um, no ties to Marilyn Monroe, even though, even though I love her, but my uh, grandmother's middle name is Monroe with a W 
And I always thought that was so special. Um, and I wanted something separate from TV and film. It was really important to me because this mm-hmm. is such a new me and a new way of experiencing and channeling artistry. So I was like, she deserves a whole like fun yeah. persona because at the end of the day, the, the main thing that we learned about the pandemic, in my opinion, let's not take ourselves so seriously. I mean, Absolutely. let's get back to, let's get back to having fun. Let's get back to like being, um, um, using our imaginations and being creative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone was like, why would you have a different name than your acting name? I think that's very weird. And I'm like, that's the whole point. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be weird. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be it's, fun and creative. The, the, it's just, the, that's your stage name. That's your persona. That's who you are. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. you know, nobody uses their real name anyway. Like, <laughs> Shania Twain, that's not her real name. So it's just been so funny because I cannot tell you the the amount of confused people. They're like, but I'm so confused. That's not your name. I'm like, I'm not sure why this is so confusing. But anyway, it's been a whole it's been a whole thing. So, yes, I started in the pandemic and here we are. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I trusted. There was always a whisper in my heart. There was always something that was like, okay, now you've got to pay attention to this. You know, you got to, you got to get it out and you got to do it and you got to pay attention to this. And I, I never strayed away from that. And it's been two years now and I'm really grateful, really grateful. I'm glad you have some amazing music out. So while we continue to talk about this, um, do you want to talk about, uh, let's talk about maybe wake up first, that song, what kind of inspired that, uh, the writing behind it, why it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So wake up is like probably my favorite song on the album selfishly. Uh, I had a, I have a friend that uh, has battled with some addiction issues. I think we all have someone in our life, if not ourself, where we've gone through a period of our life of like, like I got to take a look Mm -hmm. at this. I've had, I've been drinking too much or I've been eating too much or I've been some pattern that isn't healthy. And so this song is essentially about that. Just like how many times, you know, before I wake up, like I go and I go on this ride, like relief, can I get some? And then it's like calling on the angels by their names. I swear I'm going to make the change, but how many times? Right. And it's mm-hmm. just that vicious cycle of going through the motions. And I actually think speaking of the pandemic, I think a lot of people experience that where, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Like this pattern is now shined right in front of my face. Yeah. And I either need to look at it or I just need to accept what it is. And um, I think that was a brilliant opportunity for people to kind of like, that was one cool thing about the pandemic. So that song is, is all about that. Loved it. Yeah. Did you experience anything like that during the pandemic where you were kind of like, wow, like I didn't really have time to look at this and now I do. And yeah, I actually started working from home um, in healthcare for my day job uh, around 2018 in 2000, early 2018. So okay. the idea of only being able to go out certain times, things, well, for me closing early, I'm like, well, I like to go shopping at night. Cause I'm like, okay, so Walmart's open at like 12 o'clock at night. Um, I need some groceries. It's Friday. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to go get groceries. You know, that's, yeah. that's how I shop sometimes. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, so now I have to shop during normal hours. Like, like, and I had to really think about like, okay, I do work from home. I do become a recluse. Cause I, I don't get out as much. You know, mm-hmm. as, as strange as that, like we used to go out for lunch, grab it, bring it home because we had to get back to work. Right. Because we only have right. certain times. So just that kind of, you know, the same behaviors, patterns, things like that. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to like make some adjustments. And, and 
you know, start getting out at least, you know, even if it's, you know, Saturday, go to the flea market. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Right. right? Like, it doesn't matter. Beach. We have beaches all over Florida, obviously. But um, yeah. So yeah, just try to start making some changes to get out because, you know, when we go out, you know, um, before the pandemic, we had gotten an RV a couple of years right after working from home because, you know, saving the money from not working out. And uh, yeah. so we started traveling here and there. And that we would always go out after work, do stuff all the time, go, 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 go. And I'm like, we're here at home and we're not doing anything but the house cleaning, like the normal. I'm like, yeah, we got to break that habit. We got to live here when we're at home too. Like it's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting what, what it did for people. It, it really, it makes you very, uh, it, it reveals a lot to where you feel super seen. You're like, I don't want to be seen right now. What's happening? <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the self-awareness, it was just, that was, it was good for like a lot of things. Um, take some time to reflect also to say, okay, what, 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 like you said, where do I want my life to go? What do I want to, you know, that was a huge thing I think of the pandemic too. Uh, yes. Yes. For sure. And also like the, the whole thing around mortality, right. It's like, mm -hmm. like, this is real. Like, this is real. Like what, what am I doing? Like, how do I want to be left? Like, how do I want to leave? What, what is mm -hmm. the thing that I want to contribute to society? You know, it's like that whole mortality conversation mm -hmm. started happening for a lot of people. And it's like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. I got to go make art and move people and bring people back into love and help people. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, I had this whole thing. I was like, wow, I'm like playing super small. I can't do this anymore. So yeah. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. So I now I have to say, um, we do a lot of here in this platform, try to empower women. So that was the next song, The Woman. That was very empowering when I listened to it the first time. Yay! So tell me, tell me your thoughts behind it, what you were trying to convey to everyone. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, I'm really that's proud of that song. So, so I, I, I literally take the train every day. I take the subway to work every day in New York. And I remember one day I was on the train and this is once the pandemic, you know, ended and things were coming back. And, and I just looked around and I swear to God, this whole cart of women, it was all women. This whole cart on the subway was just full of working women, women with their babies, with the stroller on the train where they got to lift the stroller up 40 steps and, you know, everything from a Muslim woman to the woman from the Bronx, from Harlem, from the Upper East Side, to all walks alive. And I literally just sat back and I was like, oh, my God, there's not one man on this train and we are all going to work. And I, I, I literally just busted out my phone and I was like, I mean, literally, the first line is, I take the train every day. I come home and make me a steak. I dream with my head in the clouds, but my feet on the ground. I am a woman. Yes, I am. This is my world. I tame the lion. Yeah, I can make that bitch roar. I am love. I am soul. I'm the queen or I'm the king of my own throne. I'm a woman. So I take you through all of that because I literally was like mesmerized and I was just so taken back. And I was like, we are so powerful women in general you know we talked about it briefly before we came on but like the amount of bandwidth and control and like like mind control and heart control of like preserving 
who we are, our sensuality and our essence and not losing our freaking minds every day yeah. with all the roles that we play. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. So this song was like a nod to like all the women out there that are just like bad ass. Whether you're fighting cancer, working three jobs, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're doing a podcast after your analytical job, you're freaking hustling your ass off. It's just, I just think about all the women out there that are just like yeah. so incredibly strong. And um, yeah. And this song is all about that. In fact, when we shot the music video, I got women from all walks of life. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it. Yes, but- that's a great, oh, I love the video. Yeah, you should just, you know, you should check it out on YouTube because like, you know, we had, you know, we had someone from the trans community come. We had women all walks of life. It was just so special because it really embodied what it means to be a woman and, you know, really the hustle behind it and the amount of sacrifice that we have to make every single day. And it's, you know, and men work really hard too. And I'm not taking away from men. I think, you know, men have their roles, but women, there really is a new, especially because we've raised the bar. Right. And not being like a, it's not like I'm a crazy feminist or anything, but when we raise the bar on ourselves and as women in general, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a new level of respect and, and mm-hmm. swagger that we have to maintain and everything else. But also the difference between a man and a woman is like, we have, we have to also preserve the gentleness yes, and the softness and the vulnerability and the kindness, the maternal instincts mm-hmm. and show up at the office and be a <laughs> badass bitch. And it's just like, men don't have to do that. And it really, it really blows my mind and captivates like my soul because I'm just like the duality of those two worlds is so Mm -hmm. difficult to do that dance. Yes, it is. I I can totally agree because, you know, as, as women, we are, if we're aggressive, like a man, we're already, we're straightly called a bitch. Right. So, and you're like, wait a second, back that bus up a second. You know, I just said the same thing that guy said, and you said that was a great idea. Now all of a sudden, like yeah so it, it yeah. really is and and guys you know there are some men that see it which is great that they're they're very right. supportive men that see that and and you know hats off to them and i love them i i really mm-hmm. truly appreciate them because it's nice to see that you know and then you know when there are guys that are totally clueless you're like oh my god help help someone help him please like yeah like, we're, we're not trying to be you know and it's like it, it is it is for when we have to play that delicate line because you know Yes. Just, it is. And it's also like, like, yes, there's, there's such thing as equality and that's what we're all working mm-hmm. towards, of course, and understanding, but it's just so interesting. At the same time, you're trying to fight for equality. You have to go home and be the mother to the man. That's the asshole. It's like, you got to do it all. And it's like, <laughs> wow, that's so much pressure. It's so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And also to like be in the workforce and then have children and then go back to work and, balance all the things and be and whatever choice you make right there's, there's just such an right. imbalance and there has been for so long that this song really embodies um yeah you know i don't care how you were born or how you identify when you decide to be a woman that's a really powerful choice and all the things that that you know entails yeah absolutely absolutely and if you ever just- need a, like a pep in your step or an espresso just put that song on because it makes you feel like a bad bitch. You're like, I'm going to go run. I'm going to run for a president. I'm going to go. <laughs> Every time I put it on, I still get like 
I still get like an adrenaline rush. <laughs> okay, I'm not running for president. My mom would have thanked you to, to suggest that, but no. <laughs> yeah, maybe just get a coffee. <laughs> I, I would be bad at politics. Uh, yeah, no, I'd be like, uh, yeah, no, that's a lie. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> Done. Okay, let's let's talk real now. Let's be honest. <laughs> I love it. No, you and Margaret, let's be <laughs> honest. <laughs> but like, that's not very professional. You're like, I don't care. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> oh, oh. So I know we were talking about this before because I mentioned this, but um, I know the raw version of Ain't Mine that totally caught me. Like it just totally drew me. And I don't know if it's because of that vulnerability factor, you know, not the full. Maybe it wasn't because of the full production. It's just it totally drew me in, and I was just like captivated. No, so, thank you. That, yeah. So, so obviously you have the produced version on there and then that raw version. So, I mean, what does that raw version mean to you? Like, mm. um, yeah, it's a great question. We, so I wrote ain't mine. Right. And it's all about mm -hmm. like, it kind of has this swagger to the song. It's very, mm -hmm. and when you start to listen to the lyrics, it actually gets very sad in some parts mm -hmm. because you know, it says, you know, I'm, I'm not living in the fast lane, doing it the Jones way. Like, that's not mine. But when you start to really break down that song, the very, like, heartfelt, vulnerable, sensual part of it is I don't want to be codependent anymore. I don't want to be attached to this unhealthy relationship. I want to leave. I don't want to be a part of this society anymore. I don't want to affiliate with your belief system. I don't want to, it's all about extracting yourself from an unhealthy environment that you don't want to be in anymore and identifying as your own confident being as an independent, as somebody that is really settled in their bones and who they are. And so I get chills even when I talk about it because we decided to, I was like, I need to do either an acapella version of ain't mine or we need to do it to the piano and of course my producer who i'm super close with she's a woman and she was like we're freaking doing the piano to this shit and guess what when we lay this down we're doing one pass because i was so in it and again going back to the conversation about women you know mm -hmm. it was like and and men for for example i mean there's so many men i know that i've, I've had such you know traumatic childhoods and we we work mm -hmm. so hard to get through that and beyond that. But this, this piano version is just like, when you're done and you really mean you're done, mm -hmm. people know when you're really done. And this song to me represented like, I've made the decision, I am done mm -hmm. with whatever that is. And I sang it from a place, um, we were just talking about uh, somebody's experience of coming out that they were uh, bisexual and then um, now in, in, in that community and it, their struggle of that and how they had to really latch on to like, this is who I am and mm -hmm. unapologetically. And so again, this piano version was so powerful. We did it in one pass and it's all about just like complete liberation of like, not putting up with somebody else's shit anymore, not taking on somebody else's really giving your power away and being powerless um, and just taking it all back. And I remember I was so emotional that night and uh, 
yeah, we did one pass. And I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. Like, let's lay it down. And she was like, we're done. We got it. I was like, what do you mean we got it? She's like, we're done. So, um, yeah. So I appreciate you saying that. Cause I think, I think there was a level of vulnerability in that song that I think actually I'm carrying forward in all my new music mm-hmm. where um, you're going to hear a lot more of that versus trying to sound pretty or country. Mm-hmm. I'm, I really loved the way that I worked on that one track. So yeah. there's going to be much more of that. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. beautiful. And it, it, you know, like <laughs> I said, it just totally took me out of the, the element because I was listening and, 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 you know, I, and, Sometimes I'm not always actively listening, but that one just drew me in like I had to listen now. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like it just oh. took me to that. Yeah. So did you have any, like, did you have any, uh, did it bring up anything for you? Like a, like a visual? Did you, I always ask people if they had a visual to my songs, if they really were moved by Well, it. I think in general, like for me, it was just like, yeah, like the, the moment of like, you know, you're going to put your foot down and be like, I'm done. This is not yeah. okay anymore. Like, like, and that's exactly how I felt when I started listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we've all had those moments where we've, we've done that. And, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a toxic relationship, whatever, like, you know, in your life, there's a time and a moment could be toxic work. It could be, you know, not all work environments are healthy. Um, So whatever, you know, for each person, you know, for me, I didn't have anything specific, but I was like, it took me to that feeling of, okay, if I was in, maybe it's a relationship or or work or whatever, you know, and just that moment of, okay, you got to put your foot down. You got to, you know, and as as someone who's, who's in management, you know, I, I kind of say, okay, I try to be a leader more than a manager, but sometimes I have to play the manager role. And that's where yeah. like, putting your foot down, you have to do this sometimes because it's like, okay, you know what? No, this is not company policy. This is, you know, you have to get to that. But, you know, in the same sense, I'd like to try to be a leader and be like, no, I want you to figure out what you're doing wrong. How are you like, but so sometimes, you know, balancing act again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Cool. I'm so glad you love that song. It makes me really happy. Yeah. So would you like to get into our 20 crazy questions? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Um, they're, they're fun, and I promise we won't get arrested yet. <laughs> Great. What's your uh, Dance Like Nobody's Watching song, the song you absolutely have to dance to? Oh. Gosh, this is a great question. Okay, I have so many. Um, I think I think the song from Flashdance because it's like yeah. such an 80s throwback and every time it comes on you just can't not you can't not yeah. get into that song. It's the best. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So, what's the perfect workout song? Or perfect, perfect workout genre? Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hip hop for sure. Yeah. Um like if I want to go sweat it out and get all my anger out on the treadmill, it's always like Biggie, Smalls, Tupac, even some new Drake stuff, but like just hard hip hop. Uh, it sounds like some old school rap they're going on too. Yeah. yeah. That too. Yes. All of it. <laughs> oh, well, tell me the top two concerts you've ever been to, in your opinion. Oh, Shania Twain, definitely Dolly Parton. Top two. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Tell us uh, album artist that we need to listen to before we die. Oh gosh. Um There's so many. There's so many. I mean this what a hard question. Mm. Okay, so if I told you I need some new music or just some music in general, something inspirational. 
what would you tell me to listen to? Okay. I actually have to look it up. This is weird. Okay. There's a, there's one song. You might already know it. It's called This Bitter Earth. Have you ever heard this song? I don't think I have. Who's it by? I'm going to write this down. Stand by. Literally, if you want to just like <laughs> cry one night, this is like the song. It's Clyde Otis and Dino, uh, Dino Washington. I couldn't remember the, the title, but Dino Washington and Clyde Otis, and it's called This Bitter Earth. I'm telling you right now, Got it's it. definitely it's definitely a moody song, but like it will just make you like, oh my god, it's the best. I am going to look up that song and I will listen to it, and then I'm gonna message you and be like, you're right, or no, please do. <laughs> oh, so do you have any guilty pleasure music? You know the music that no one li knows you actually listen to. I mean, I, honestly, I listen to all sorts of music. It really depends on the mood I'm in. And like, you could, you know, you could ask my boyfriend. It Five minutes later, I could go from Taylor Swift to Tupac to Dolly Parton <laughs> to punk to, you know. I, the, yeah, it just depends on what five minutes you catch me in. Because I'm literally looping music all day long. Just, just my world. Perfect. See, yeah. we definitely get along there. I listen to everything, so. <laughs> I, I like it. the ecliptic mixes. Okay, so hypothetically, if I came to you and said I need to hide a dead body, do you know a good place? I'd be like, ooh, this is fun. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I would probably be like, okay, we need to, <laughs> we need to talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, tell me the secret first and then we'll figure it out. But I actually would just, I think more than anything, my, like, I literally would just want to make sure you're okay. I'd be like, I can definitely help you hide the body, but like, are we good? Like, are you good? Are we okay? Do I need to like, how many attorneys do we need right now? That would be like my first, but I would never count it out. I'd be like, I will absolutely help you. But like, first let's like let's figure the story out. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Yeah. I will be calling you for advice because I'm, I'm sure you just decided like you had it all mapped out. So, oh, I, yeah. in like 10 seconds, I'm like, I got it. I got it. Oh, so do you have a game plan for zombie apocalypse? Oh, um, I'm going to stay real cozy on my couch and just like watch Netflix and chill and just hope that um, they don't find me. I, I really, honestly, I'm so everyone's like i'm gonna go to an underground get water purified <laughs> running down the mountain through the pot i'm like i'm i've completely surrendered on this whole like zombie apocalypse thing i'm like i'm just gonna like stay in my cozy little apartment and see what happens hope for the best <laughs> good plan yeah uh, in your opinion what job do you feel that you would be terrible at oh god a doctor um, I have so much respect for doctors and nurses, but like, I literally see somebody taking blood and I'm like, I just, I, I get so weak and nauseous, especially like bodily fluids in general. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't, I'm going to, I would, I would faint or puke every single day. There's no way. Okay. So we'll count that out for you for sure then. Oh, <laughs> uh, so we were just talking about the, uh, power balls up to almost, uh, 2 billion. So if you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would do? 
I would rent a private jet. I would call five of my closest friends and I would have everybody name a place that they wanted to go to. And I would go for 48 hours to each of those places and just go experience it. So it was like India, Bali, Joshua Tree. I would just go on what would be a 10 day excursion of just like, yeah, I would just touch down somewhere and go play or spend money. And um, I also think I would take my, like probably in the first two weeks, I would take my parents all over the world and, and my niece and nephew and just like show them all the things they've never done. That'll probably That'd be, be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, tell me, what's the last thing you read? Oh, um, I actually read. So this was two days ago. It's a really interesting book. It's called The Seven Sacred Channels, and it's like about divine archangels and like spirituality and uh, studying different energies and yeah. things like this. So metaphorical, next dimensional stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. So do you prefer boots or heels? Boots. Boots. I don't think I prefer heels too much anymore. Yeah. I'm not a heels kind of girl. I never have been. And I'm not a purse girl either. Like I stick my keys in my pocket and I have like a wallet on my phone. I'm not like, I don't give me uh, the per the fancy. <laughs> no. I don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah. It's why I always, I used to joke, but like, you know, women's pants that didn't have pockets. I'm like, what, what are these for then? Like, what, why am I wearing these? Like, I can't wear why these. Are we, like, this is, what are we doing here? This is, what are we doing? Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, pocket keys, pocket done. Done. Wallet, pocket, you know, yeah, done. Like, yeah, I totally get that. It's too much. So if they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh, obviously Julia Roberts when she was 25. Um, Now I think actually like Jennifer Lawrence could do me justice. I think she's super badass. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think about that. I probably would be really honored to have like, I've really always loved, um, Jennifer Lawrence, Michelle Davis, super cool. She's like done some really cool stuff, but I think somebody that could actually really get me, I think. I, I'm going to have to come back to you on that one. <laughs> that's a lot. That's, that's like okay. my whole history. I like, oh my God, it's too much. I don't know. <laughs> rain check. Next time, next rain podcast check. we do together, rain check. I got to okay. think about that. Yeah. Or we'll just have random moments where we're just going to pop in and yeah. Great. Okay. So where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. And the thing is, when you actually find out where Waldo is, you're highly disappointed or you never figure it out. So I feel like the fact that Waldo is always not where you think he is and you can't find Waldo is like the magic. Because like once you find Waldo, it's kind of like very anticlimactic. You're like, there's Waldo. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like not knowing where Waldo is. Cause then you're like, where's Waldo? And then you find Waldo and you're like, this isn't fun anymore. 
That's where my brain goes. <laughs> no, no, I totally got that because, you know, earlier this year, someone's like, he's behind you. And I'm like, oh, you're going to make me look behind me. Like, this is like this horror movie moment <laughs> suspense. Like, I'm like, this is not cool. Not cool at all. Although I don't scare very easily. So I guess it would be kind of funny if there was really a Waldo behind me. Like, I would have been like, how did you get in here? And then I'd be like, that where's the be... taser? Like, you know, or, or something to, yeah. Knife, I don't know, yeah. something to defend myself, right? So. That would be next yeah. level. And if they were able to put Waldo behind you, then we need to hire them immediately to like make a ton of money because that would be epic. I don't know how Absolutely. they do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be like, better than punked, you know? I'd be like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in your opinion, what's the best thing since sliced bread? Mm. When somebody is really kind. We were talking about that earlier, but like, you know when somebody gives you an unnecessary smile or they're just a little bit more easier on you? You're just like, I know I'm supposed to probably say a food, but I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like, that just feels so good. It's so good. It feels so good to be on the receiving end of kindness. So I would say better than sliced bread is like, that will always make me super fulfilled and happy. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So would you rather cook or order in? I feel like I always want to cook and in my mind I'm a mm -hmm. I'm a chef and in my mind it's like really easy to do <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually go to do it and I'm like lighting things on fire I'm like sweating I'm crying I'm like it's too much I catch my shirt on fire and it, it's like so overwhelming for me that I I would rather order in mm -hmm. I that I love the uh, I love the saying the best thing that I make as a reservation it's like <laughs> that's it that's it. Oh. It, it if i if i have like four hours to cook great give me a glass of wine i'll take my time i'll listen to like a whole album i'll cut shit up i'll but like under pressure or someone's coming in an hour hell no <laughs> not happening so four hour advance notice for someone coming for dinner got it <laughs> yep yep yeah let me know like good half a day come on over It'll be great. Yeah. Or you could just order pizza. And then that leads to this next question with what's the worst pizza topping in your opinion? Oh, don't put fruit on my, don't, no fruit. This pineapple. Anti-pineapple person. Okay. Or like the drizzle of the caramel, you know, it's like where they try mm. to make the dessert infused pizza where it's like got the, or the, um, the wine, you know, vinegar deduction sauce. It's like, just give me, give me the old school marinara with the toppings. Leave me alone. It's just drives me crazy, especially in New York. We're so like passionate about our pizza. Don't mix lanes with dessert and don't do it. But if you're going to make a dessert pizza, you should get like the graham crust. You put like the graham crust down and then you put like, I don't know like a chocolate spread or something, some kind of spread, right? Sure. Like a, like whipped cream or chocolate or kind of a combination. And then you can throw fruit, like strawberries and berries. And then, then that's okay. That's, that's really, th that's really sexy. And I like the idea of that, but be very clear that that's a dessert pizza. I, I would be very clear. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, this is like <laughs> for dinner. No, this is for dessert. Love first. that. I'll, I'll come. I'll be the first one there. <laughs> oh, what do you wish would magically clean itself? Um, <laughs> obviously my laundry, <laughs> obviously, um, wish it would clean itself. 
Prog- Prog- <laughs> I'm thinking of so many like dark answers right now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm just going to go with my laundry. I'm going to go with my laundry. Just keep it safe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to dark answers another, maybe not recorded. Another time. Time. <laughs> another time. Uh, we're a glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, so tell me something on your bucket list. On my bucket list, I've got so many. Um, I really, I would love, I would love to be nominated and attend uh, an award show like the Oscars or the, or you know, the Grammys or something like that. Usually, people say, "Oh, I want to go here or experience this," and I have tons of travel bucket list things. But I think. Um, as a creative, like, like, again, like the whisper of my heart, I'm like, I would love to be in- included in such a, um, such an incredible honor. And just to experience that is like definitely on my bucket list. That's beautiful. So tell me if you could be a person like Dolly Parton or a position, like we know you're probably not going to be a surgeon for a day, but uh CEO, maybe mm-hmm. what position would you want to be for the day and why? Um, I actually would probably want to be the president for one day. And the reason is not to feel that power, but to actually maybe hold a little bit more empathy because like everybody that I've seen in office, I'm just like, oh, like even if a great president is in, it's just like, what are you doing? You're such a moron. But to actually see their day in and day out job, I think I would be like, oh shit. Like they're actually kind of doing a good job. Like. So I think it would maybe give me more empathy or really anybody in politics, because I'm always Mm -hmm. so judgmental of like what they're doing wrong, what they could be doing better. And yeah, I think after one day I might be like, this is hard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll see if we can get an inside pass somewhere so you can uh, appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have any words of wisdom that you live by? You know, I, I always go back to kindness counts. I think it's um, when given the opportunity to be kind or unkind, mm-hmm. it's always going to change the world, like on a personal level or to somebody else or on a bigger level to like always make the kinder choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just like, don't worry. We worry so much and it really causes so much like dis-ease in our bodies and pain and like self-inflicted torture and it's just like it usually never ends up happening and so I'm always just like I'm just not gonna worry today I'm just gonna try my best to not worry which is really hard to do <laughs> okay yes I totally agree with that totally yeah. so so tell me what else is going on. I mean, we're almost at the holidays here. So anything uh, happening between now and the holidays, uh, getting out and playing anywhere or anything fun? Yeah. So I'm going back to Nashville, uh, first week of December and I've got a bunch of writing sessions lined up. I promised myself I wasn't going to work until 2023 on more music. And I like a week after the album dropped, I was like, okay, I gotta go write again. I gotta get back out there. Um, so I've got some really cool song ideas. So I'm going to go kind of brew those up and see what's cooking there. Um, 
I'm going to go back to Texas where I'm from for the holidays and see family. And I think try to give myself a little bit of um, just downtime. I, I told you earlier, I gave my two weeks notice for my, you know, the bread on the table job. <laughs> By the way, I've got to do a video on this. Can we stop saying that? It's so <laughs> frustrating. You can't quit that job because that puts bread on the table. <laughs> it's like I don't eat bread. Why is it on my table? <laughs> but I, first of all, uh, I'm not gluten free, but I probably should be gluten free. What is the deal with this notion? It's like 1940s <laughs> mentality. Yes. Every time I tell people, you know, well, that's your bread and butter. Oh. Well, yeah. Okay. If I, <laughs> it's just the stupidest thing. So. I finally broke free of that mentality and <laughs> I gave my two weeks notice today. And so I think from now until the the new year, I'm just going to kind of like bask in that glory of like, holy shit. Like I've ha I finally got the confidence to like leave this bread and butter job. And um, I'm going to make my own bread. I'm going to make my own butter. I'm just ready. So that's my plan. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it has been a pleasure having you on, Kelly, and you are welcome back anytime. Thank you. I would love to come back, and I've really enjoyed this time. Thank you so much for having me. It's really fun. My pleasure, and we look forward to having you back. So, friends, thank, thank you. you for joining us for another episode. Make sure you go check out uh, Kelly's album, and we'll see you next time here on Crazy Women Country. If you enjoyed today's episode of Crazy Women Country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.